0: Welcome to Oncofarm. Farm. I'm your host, John Bazaar. I'm the professor of pharmacy practice here at the supporting sponsor of Oncofarm, Farm, uh, ETSU's Bill Gatton College of Pharmacy. It is HOPA week, and you might be listening to this, uh, you know, on the, the, the beltway, the tramway in the Atlanta airport, or riding right a ter- train between terminals on your Connecting Fi on the way to HOPA. Uh, and for that reason, we're gonna get really serious this week. We're gonna talk to uh White Claw connoisseur acute leukemia pharmacist, Jesse Signorelli from Mass General, um, who lives uh, in the Boston area. And she's here to to kind of give a preview of HOPA uh, in and around the conference. Jesse, welcome to the pod.
1: Thanks, John. Thanks for that introduction. Um, I used to live in Boston some time ago when I was a student. um, And now I live outside the city, but I work in the city. So I hope I can give everyone some good places to go.
0: All right. The first time I went to Boston was a couple of years ago for AACP. And somebody said um, there is a a Sam Adams beer that's only available in the city. It's like the Brick Red Ale. You got to try that. It was a good beer. But for those those folks coming to Hopa who are really big craft brewery or craft beer lovers, where are some places they may want to check out?
1: Yeah. Um, so I'm not a big beer drinker. So I had to ask around my friends, but what my friends told me the best places to go for beer are city tap, which I have been there. And that's also a good place to eat. Um, Trillium, I feel like all of the people that love beers are always talking about Trillium Harpoon. I think it's just like a fun place to go. If you've never been to Boston, it's like just kind of open and there's like a lot of seating and things like that. And then Cisco Brewery um, people rape about as well. And I think that one's like maybe a little bit more trendy.
0: Okay. What about the folks who, who are wine lovers? Is, is there a wine bar or anything like that?
1: Yes. So um, I don't really go to wine bars. That's a little classy for me, but I did find a friend who goes to wine bars. Um, so the first one that she gave me is Barcelona. Then there's one called Haley Henry And then Dear Annie and Crassy. So there's four there that she gave me. Hmm.
0: Barcelona, that sounds good. Maybe a a Spanish tapas place or something. Mm -hmm. What about uh, about cocktail lovers? One of my favorite uh, Hopa nights, I think it was Fort Worth. There was a bar called like the Apothecary. And I was like, I don't even have to look. I just know I'm going to run into pharmacists at this uh, Apothecary uh, cocktail bar. Any cocktail bars for those who like. I like an old fashioned or maybe like a Gimlet or a Cosmo or whatever it may be. Anything like that you'd recommend or that you've heard about?
1: Yes. And I think this is where I really come in strong with this one. Um, So Colette Lounge, that one's kind of like a speakeasy, but they have really fun drinks. Um, Tiki Rock is like kind of like a Hawaiian themed place. So they have like a lot of like tiki themed drinks, which is really fun. Um, And then there's Yellow Door, J.M. Curley, Committee, and then Shore Leave. And Shore Leave is um, kind of like another beachy themed place, too.
0: Hmm. Interesting. I I wouldn't have expected so many beachy themes in Boston. Although maybe that's how you get to the winter.
1: That's definitely like a new thing. Like those weren't there when I used to live in Boston and was in school.
0: Okay. What about karaoke places?
1: Karaoke. Oh my gosh. If you're going to karaoke, please text me. Um, Hong Kong is a karaoke place. I know it sounds kind of weird because it's Chinese food restaurant, but they have great karaoke. I remember when I was in college, we used to like dance with chicken, like the chicken on the sticks in our hand while like singing karaoke. It's just the best time. Because their chicken's really good.
0: Well, it makes for a natural microphone too. If you're not actually on stage, you can really get into it with the chicken. Yes, legs.
1: exactly. You what's your it. go-to?
0: What's your go-to karaoke song?
1: Um, not really family friendly, but "Baby Got Back" is my favorite
0: one. Oh, old school. Okay, good. Yeah. And then right, Wild so-
1: Rover also has karaoke and it's right near Hong Kong. So if we get too many pharmacists in one karaoke bar, we can split up so we can get enough karaoke in for everyone.
0: So there is a karaoke district and it's Hong Kong and Wild Rover.
1: Yes. Yep. Okay.
0: All right. Let's, let's change gears a little bit here. And, uh, let's say, uh, you know, you're, um, you're a you're a PGY2 resident and you know you're saving money you're paying some loans you know you're you want to go out you want to the meal with some co-residents but you're paying right so so budget is tight any you're in a budget is tight any recommendations for folks eating on a budget
1: yes and I know it's even on a budget uh drinks in Boston can be expensive so I would just keep that in mind altogether. But there is a place by Heinz Convention Center called Dillon's. Um, That's one of the bars on Boyle Street. I think it's one of the only bars on Boylston that survived like COVID. Um, And that bar is really fun. And if it's nice out, they have like a little patio area too that you can get drinks. Um, And then I'd say anywhere in Fenway. And I have a list of Fenway bars, but the Fenway bars are like where you can get all of the like sports, like sports bars type thing. Um, and that always tends to be a little cheaper, but they do have good food too. Um, and then Faneuil hall is a great place for residents. Like if you're on a budget, because it just has kind of like a, it's not a food court, but they have tons of different places that you can eat food. And that way everyone can kind of grab something different. And then they have like tables in the middle.
0: Yeah. When, when I went to Boston a couple of years ago, we went to, um, um, it was in July for ACP and, uh, the Foo Fighters were playing at Fenway, um, which is a little bittersweet now with Taylor, the drummer having passed away recently, but we, we walked there cause about like a mile from, we stayed in the same area around Copley place. So about a mile walk and we stopped at several bars along the way and they were all really chill, really low key sports bars, kind of fun. Didn't live up to the stereotype of Boston being kind of a, a scary bar town or anything like that. It was, it was a very good atmosphere in these places.
1: Yeah. I think it also depends on like where you go and like what else is going on. Cause like the vibe is very different when you go during like a Red Sox game, Sure, versus, sure. you know, just like a, a concert type thing.
0: All right. So now let's say, um, you're, you're going to dinner, but you're not paying. And so maybe you've been in this for a while and lots of the people you used to meet at HOPA are no longer in clinical practice or academia and they're MSLs and they work for the pharmaceutical industry. Maybe they've got maybe they got a company card. All right. So if you could go anywhere or places where you did not have to pay some of the higher end places in Boston, where would those places be?
1: I've got a really good list here because some of these I haven't eaten at, but would love to if I. I guess if an MSL brings me, um, because that's the only time I'd probably go. Um, So the first place is Moo, like M-O-O. They are supposed to have really good, like, steak. Everyone raves about Moo, but I think it's kind of hard to get a reservation there. Um, Ocean Prime is a good one, too. Yvonne's. Capital Grill is like right near Heinz Convention Center. But I think some of these other ones I'd probably pick first if I wasn't paying. But that's also a pricey one that has good food. And then there's Zuma, Marielle, Mastro's and Contessa. Um, I think I've been to like one of those.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay. So so not, you know, not a ringing endorsement, but certainly they have. They have a reputation, I guess you could say. Yeah, like
1: the, if I had a million dollars, I would go to all of them and try them at least once.
0: Okay, fair enough, <laughs> fair enough. All right, so uh, outside of eating, drinking, uh, you know, Boston, there's a lot of history in Boston, a lot of American Revolution stuff. If somebody said, well, I want to really experience Boston, you know, like besides a, like a lobster roll, if you've never had that, something like that, what, what are some Boston things people might want to check out?
1: Um. So this is really like nerdy and touristy but I love the duck tours like they're actually so good and they give you a lot of history like as you're going through and the tour guides are like trained to be really fun so it's like the duck tours like although everyone rolls their eyes because you see like the tourists and the duck boats I think I've done it twice even when I was like still living there because they're really fun and they take you through the whole city and then they take you into the Charles River so you get to see a lot which is cool.
0: That reminds me of the the carriage tours in, in Charleston, uh, where I did residency, and it is a little touristy. But at least for, it, for the um, the carriage rides in, in Charleston, if you had a good guide, it was great. Like a good guy. Is that the same thing with the duck tours? Like you need a guide who's got a little charm, little funny, but also knows their history and stuff.
1: Yes. Yep. For sure. And I think they the tourists, um, the people that are giving the tours, they have to go on like. An insane amount of rides before they can be one of those tour guides. So I think they kind of all are pretty good. So they have yeah. a
0: residency process as well, is what you're saying?
1: Yeah, basically, a They're all PGI one
0: train at minimum, inductors. <laughs> yeah. What else, so, Boston and, wise?
1: Um, just the Fenway area is really fun. Um, I think that's like fun to walk through, and they have like lots of different bars there. Um, I think if you want to see Boston Commons, that's just like the big park, that would be kind of like our central park of Boston. Um, Not necessarily a lot to do, but the park is really pretty. Um, There's like a big pond in the summer. I don't know if they're out yet. There's like big swan boats that you can ride, which is really fun. Um, And then probably if you're going downtown, Faneuil Hall is really cool to see and like the waterfront area. And there's always like street performers, usually near Faneuil Hall, which people really like to see. Um, And then there's a place called The Lawn on D. That's a place that has these really big white circle like swings. So a lot of like, if you look at like Instagram influencers, if they've been to the Boston area, they'll like get a picture on those swings. Um, But they also have like drinks and lawn games there um and then the envoy hotel has like rooftop bar which is really cool because then you can see the whole city oh that it's is... called, like lookout or something
0: okay the envoy hotel yeah with a with a jacket and a hat this time of year in boston
1: yeah. uh,
0: when we were there we went to to boston common and sat at the bench where robin williams and matt damon's character in goodwill hunting kind of have their talk because I, I was a really uh, a really big movie for me. And then we went to the Cheers bar and, yeah. and had a beer in the Cheers thing, which was cheers. kind of touristy.
1: Cheers didn't make it through COVID, which is so sad. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah.
0: A lot of, a lot of COVID casualties in Boston. Okay.
1: Yeah. All right.
0: All right, let's get serious now, Jesse. So you have a, um, you got a, a research platform presentation and then you're given um, a talk, I think, on... Um, on AML induction regimens or first line treatment for elderly AML. So first, maybe tell us about your research uh, project and your platform presentation you'll be presenting.
1: Yeah, so my platform presentation um, got picked for like the practice management category. And basically it's just an overview of an oral chemo monitoring pilot that I did, but I focused on standardized adherence assessment in a standardized PRO model like assessment. Um, and I did that for like about eight months with all of our leukemia patients started on oral chemo. Um, I learned a ton when I did it. Um, so I'm excited to share that experience and kind of build on more the conversation of how we can, um, help these patients that are on oral chemotherapy and maybe not being seen as frequently as our patients on IV chemo.
0: Absolutely. Okay. And then what about the talk that you're giving?
1: The debate, I think, is going to be so fun. I'm most excited for that. So it's we're going to be debating HMA venetoclax versus the more intensive um, chemo induction strategies in our older folks newly diagnosed with AML. Because, you know, right now, I think we're in this weird limbo period in AML where we don't necessarily have like, data for a randomized trial, like seven and three and HMA then. So like what happens when we get these like 68, 70 year olds that are very fit, you know, like some people might say HMA then, especially if they're like adverse or intermediate risks, um, cytogenetics where others are like, well, they're fit. They should receive seven and three, but you know, the data in seven and three isn't as great in our older folks are like adverse for cytogenetics. So I think it's going to be a really good debate and I can't wait.
0: Yeah. And I know that there are probably some some scoring systems or models for fitness, but fitness, you know, is this person fit? Lots of times that's the beauty is in the, in the eye of the beholder. Mm-hmm. And I know one patient in particular with with ALL, some different malignancy, but but was very fit. And the way we knew this person was fit is they described their exercise regimen at 80 plus years old, and it blew everyone else away on the team combined what they did on an average day. But that was that was an outlier. So that certainly sounds like an interesting talk. Now, is that talk at nine in the morning on Saturday?
1: Yeah, it's it's during a BCOP talk, which is kind of a bummer, but that's OK.
0: Yeah, that I was actually so I was going to one of the last things I was going to ask you is what are you looking forward to? And I, I hadn't looked in depth at the sessions. And, you know, you kind of know it's going to be a good conference when you have those those difficult choices to make. We're like, gosh, I'd like to go to both of these and I can only pick mm-hmm. one. Um, so I, I'm really excited for all, all the stuff to be learning next week. What are you most excited about? I mean, this is the first first time in, in, in two years going to a live conference, at least for me. So what are you looking forward to the most?
1: So many things. I can't wait to see my friends um, that are at different centers. Like I haven't seen um, one of my co-residents since like her wedding, her wedding stuff that was like before COVID. So I can't wait to see all my friends that are coming in. I'm so excited to give this debate live because last year I did a debate, but it was a webinar and it's just not the same. So I'm really excited for that. Um, and I just can't wait to go to all the presentations and learn as much as I can from all these experts.
0: Uh, well said. Well said, Jesse. Anything else we missed about about Boston or about the upcoming HOPA annual conference you think we need to you want to say?
1: Um the only thing we miss about Boston is Boston bars, like the most Boston bars. Okay, I wanted to mention is Bell in Hand. That's like one of, I think the first bars in Boston. It's like one of the oldest ones. and it's actually really hand? fun. Bell in hand. yeah. Like
0: hand bell in hand.
1: Bell in hand. like a bell's in your hand. Okay. And then Warren Tavern is also, I think that one's in Charlestown though, but that one's also one of the like more older ones.
0: What was was the, before Tavern, what was that?
1: Warren Tavern. Warren, okay.
0: All right. And then do you recommend people brush up or prep by watching the town or the departed, listening to Dropkick Murphys? Is that how we should best prepare for this experience coming up?
1: Maybe the town, but I'm just not a departed fan. So you got that's not recommended. That's not required reading. Okay. The town can be.
0: Town's a fun. Town's a fun one. All right. Thank you, Jesse, so much. We appreciate it. And uh see you in Boston.
1: See you there. Bye.